Welcome back to Teaching the Unteachables, where we dive into teaching and learning methodologies for professionals like you. HVAC Excellence is committed to providing resources for HVACR educators. Learn more at escogroup.org and select HVACR Education Resource Network. Well, hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. We are spending time with our very own Mr. Tom Tebby. How are you, sir? Uh, good morning, Clifton. I'm very well, thank you. So you have wore many hats in the HVACR industry. Before we dive into all of the different hats of an instructor, uh, give us a little idea of the many hats that you have worn over the years, because they are many. I like the way you said over the years because I'm getting up there now, so I've worn many different hats. <laughs> right. Let's just start from the beginning very quickly. Yes. I, I have been a helper with my father. My family owned 11 air conditioning companies. From there, I uh, went to school through United States Air Force and through a technical center to get my specialist degree in HVACR. I became a teacher at public schools, at private schools and so forth, besides being a technician, a shop owner, a contractor, and a teacher for utility companies, for major manufacturers and so forth during my career. I taught full-time at private and public schools, HVACR, community colleges, technical colleges, and on occasions I taught programs at four-year colleges regarding uh, occupational analysis and uh, program design. From there, I became assistant director at my school after teaching for many years and 25 years in, in the classroom, became a director of a school, which we now call Dean, and then I became a regional director over five schools in my career. So I've been around the block a few times and I'm very, very passionate about quality education. I absolutely adore these conversations that you and I have because you, you shed light into where you can go in this industry. You know, a lot of people, when they get into the HVAC industry, they expect that they're going to be in a certain place and they never, they never focus on where you can go. And a lot of that has to do with they've never been introduced to the opportunities. And you are just the, the epitome of all of the opportunities that can happen for an HVACR technician. So we're, we're so blessed to have you here. Let's thank what? you. Thank you. I'm, I'm very flattered. I, I hope I can make a contribution and, uh, and help some of the other instructors realize how important these other roles are in education, besides the fact of teaching, disseminating, uh, presenting information. That's exactly it. Because many of us, like yourself, like myself, when we make that transition from being a a good technician where we had some roles and responsibilities and then we move into the classroom we don't realize what each of those hats are and sometimes they can be a challenge so the goal is like all of our podcast and all of the efforts that we do is to be able to bring some enlightenment to each of our roles and responsibilities to help make things easier to make that transition better and faster so let's talk about the one that that gets overlooked i mean and it's probably the reason we all stay in these these roles is because we become a leader and a role model and sometimes that's very new and very difficult for people to accept okay uh, i'd like to do that but if you don't mind i'd like to just share a quick story with you about why i remain very compassionate about providing quality education over almost 40 years of my life yes and, and i'll be very brief here this goes back to uh 
within the first three years that I became a teacher. And my wife and I made a trip to Mexico. We were going to be going for a month. And back then, you were stopped quite often by the military on your way down to the you sure. know, portion the of the country. Mm -hmm. Well, we were stopped by a, a small brigade uh, who had rifles and so forth and surrounded our vehicles. And they wanted to see, at that time, your visa. Well, on my visa, it had as occupation, it had a professor. Oh. They didn't use the term instructor and they didn't use the term teacher. So the captain asked for my papers. He spoke English fairly well. And I gave him my papers and he looked at it and he looked at my wife. He says, ah, see, uh, la professeur. And I said, well, I'm a teacher at a technical and community college. And he says, see, and he turned around and he showed my papers to all of the others uh, that were with him, under him. And they, they all waved and so forth. So I asked him, I said, why did, why did you do that? Why are you making uh, a big deal of that? And he, yeah. said, and he said, in our country, a professor we see them as people that work with other people to help them improve, mm. help them get a career, to help somebody afford them a better life. To us in Mexico, that is the most honorable profession or vocation a person can have in life. Wow. We hold professors in the highest of esteem in, in all occupations in our country. And thank you very much for visiting our, our country, Professor. And I've never forgotten that because it reminds me every day of our responsibility that whatever we do, whenever we do it, however we do it, it's supposed to be in the best interest of helping somebody else succeed. That gives me chills thinking about that. I mean, that's the reason we're here. That's the reason I'm here. And I know it's the reason you're here. And it's interesting how it has different perspectives in, in different places in the world. But absolutely. It is, um, it's an honor. It, it's a privilege and it's a responsibility to be able to lead people into their own roles and responsibilities in life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hmm. Now, as far as role models and leadership is concerned, I think we all know that having, uh, you know, pursued many different studies, that there are many different leadership styles, you know, yes. autocratic style, the nurturing altruistic style of leadership, the democratic style of leadership. But putting all of those fancy terms aside, in education, I think that the, the leadership style that's most appropriate and, and, and serves an instructor best is to lead by example. Yes, absolutely. If I may, let me just say, these are simple things, but if we expect students to be on time, then the instructor should always be on yep. time and start class on time. There's nothing more offensive, in my opinion, to the class than to walk in late with a cup of coffee and be a little dreary and say, well, look, we're going to wait a few minutes because some are running late. Uh, right. That's a very, very awkward thing to do. It sets a very poor stage. It actually discourages some people to not come at all or come late like the others. Absolutely. Yeah, dress appropriately. We expect students to dress appropriately for the profession, so we should too. So, so what I'm saying is, in my experience, we didn't have a instructor dress code at our school, but I decided to go ahead and develop a uniform for myself. It was dark blue pants, light blue shirt, and a, a little tie that was clipped. You could sure. take off when working around equipment. That ended up identifying me as the HVACR instructor for school. I also yeah. made it easy, Clifton, as you know, not to have to get up in the morning and decide what you're going to wear. I had five pants, five shirts. Right. <laughs> a 
So you can set that for yourself. The students, the students like that because nobody else had it. They decided they were going to adopt a hat that said HVACR students. Well, it became contagious. The next thing you know, everybody at the school is doing it. Nice. Another, another piece of advice on leadership is be prepared. We expect our students to be prepared for class. So, so we should have a fun-filled activity <laughs> day prepared for these students each and every day. It shouldn't be catch as catch can. It's exactly right. Because it kind of leads into the entertainer role. Because we actually have a, a role of becoming an entertainer. And for many technicians, that might not feel comfortable. So we may have to work on our entertainer perspective of our new position. Absolutely. And in this leadership role, be excited about what you're doing. Yes. That transfers to the students immediately. If you're not passionate, you're not excited about the day's activities, how can we expect them to be excited and engage in everything that's happening? So I like. I think it's beneficial to call a group together in the morning and tell them exactly what the day is going to provide, what the objectives of the day are. We even do that in textbooks. So sure. it's something to look forward to. They know exactly what's going to happen throughout the course of the day. It's not do this, do that type of uh, activities. As a leader, you can present them with problems and different challenges. You can put problems before the class starts on the whiteboard and provide extra points. You can have treasure hunts. You can have competition between the various groups of students if that happens to be your situation in class. And obviously, let me make this clear, what the roles we're talking about now are full-time air conditioning, refrigeration instructors at community and technical colleges. Exactly. A little bit different when we're talking about industry trainers and so right. on, obviously. Another thing to be a good leader, be respectful. You want to be respectful to all your students. And those are the marks of a leader in anything and everything that you do. Become a leader, be respectful, and treat all age levels the same. Don't make any exceptions. That's when you get in, in trouble. Nobody ever complains that the rules are enforced equitably and consistently. No, so true. Now, I'd like to leave that leadership part with a quote, if I may. Yep. It's always stuck with me. It was from a, one of the older CEOs at General Electric named Jack Welch. You may be familiar with him. Mm -hmm. He said, once you become a leader, a teacher, your success is about growing others. Wow. So I, true. I think that says a lot. That, that is your job to grow other people now to help them. Now, exactly. entertainer, if I, if I may go on for a second. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, entertainer, I think all instructors in somewhat, in some way, feel that passion to be an entertainer. Mm, I South believe America. so. There's nothing we all love more than to get in front of that audience. It has no greater satisfaction for them to enjoy what you had to say and get a lot out of the class. Just watch it come alive. Oh, baby, watch it come alive. <laughs> it reminded me of somebody. It reminded me of somebody that says, well, hey, hey, how are you? Welcome to the ESCO HVAC show. <laughs> and, that, and, and my point there is you got to start the day lively for the You do. Dudes. You've got to have a little energy yourself because – how you project yourself in the morning and throughout the day is exactly what they're going to mimic throughout the day. You come mm. in sluggish, bored, tired, and everything else. That's exactly what you're going to transmit to the class. That's the way they're going to feel. So start off positive. Uh, tell tell a story. Each person has their own way of entertaining. Yep. But I can tell you the one that, that I, 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 I've always liked to call the class together in the morning. I think every instructor should. 
set yes. the stage for the day, state the objective. Absolutely, it does. Various groups. But I would walk in like you do with the hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. hey, hey. And I will say, good morning. It's going to be a wonderful day. I have so much planned for you students that you're just going to be jumping with joy. We're going to be energized all day. I can't wait to get this started. I'm on a high. I hope you all feel the same. <laughs> and they would look at me sometimes and one guy raised his hand. I said, see that? Look at that. We're already Here we go. We already have a question. And he said, Mr. Tabby, my question is, we don't know what kind of medicine you may be taking, but can you get us some? <laughs> I said, I said, well, it's not medicine. It's, it's, it's attitude. You got That's to right. It's motivation. Lively. You got to come in lively. So I suggest do, doing that and add a little humor to the class. That's There's right. nothing greater than to tell the students about your successes and your failures on the job. Some of the silly mistakes that you made. Some of the things that uh, you had problems with in school and overcame or some of the silly things that you did. Keep it lively, keep it respectful, and also give them an opportunity. You want to dialogue always with the students. You want it to yes. be conversational because they always get more, more out of that and, and you're including them you know, in on everything that's happening. And always encourage that dialogue and always when it comes to being that entertainer, be challenging. You can be challenging. Exactly. I was getting ready to bring that up. You know, we can be professionally challenging. I think it's very healthy to have that in our dialogue. Well, that that's correct. The, the, the dialogue uh, with the students is, is important. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to talk about that, you know, when you're ready a little bit more about why it's important to engage the students in the dialogue and a little bit more about retention. Uh, sure. When we get to that, I don't. I don't know if you had a particular format that you wanted to follow. No, I, this is all positive things for us to talk about in different roles and different opportunities we have in front of the classroom. So, no, let's keep going. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't want to steal your thunder, uh, but the, the next thing is mentor. Yes. And and this is big. We sometimes forget that we're not just dispensers of information. Right. We, we're mentors to many of these students. The whole complexion of how education uh, is delivered and the role that instructors play has dramatically changed, just as technology has changed dramatically you know, over the past couple of days. I mean, seriously changed. Yes. And let me just say this. Criteria, or if you will, or research criteria has shown that there is definitely a direct connection between a caring, and a knowledgeable teacher, and a secure and a motivated learner. Mm. Students need to know that teachers care about how they learn and the things that help or hinder their learning. And I'd like to say that just recently, I conducted a survey of young men and young women in their first year of technical college. Okay. The most important thing to them is to know that their instructor really cares. And they I believe can, that. They can tell whether or not, they yeah. said they can anyway, that an instructor really cares or don't care. And I said, well, what is your biggest dislikes in doing many of the students? They said, what we don't like or discourages us the most is when an instructor wants to come too far down to our level using our type of language, our type of dress to be one of the boys. Huh. We want them to remain maintain their professionalism, that professional distance from the students. We don't want them to become one of us. Exactly. That was an interesting statement. Boy, that is. That's profound, actually. 
yeah, I, I thought that they would want you to. And they said, not really. We, we want to, we want you to be the role model we look up to. Yeah. We already have our own group of people. Hmm. And, and let me just say this about being a mentor. The only way you can truly be a mentor is you have to learn about the defining characteristics of the students that are in your class. You, you, I mean, how can you mentor somebody if you don't know anything about them? So exactly. What little bit you know about their social, their economic, uh, their cultural background, uh, particularly their learning styles, their needs, their abilities, their aptitudes and interests. How do you do that in such a short period of time? So let me just suggest there is a, a way of getting at least a handle on all of this. If you're going to be a true mentor, then you have to know something about their background because they will come to you with things other than academics. They will Absolutely. come Absolutely. That may need help regarding their future. Well, it becomes very important to start learning everyone individually because a an additional role that we play that we may not realize is we may or hopefully we become an employment agent for our students, trying to place them in a proper career path once they leave the program. Absolutely. And another thing I would like to say that that we are responsible for, but we don't always do. And I think we need to, as a mentor, create a love of learning. Yes. I think we have to make sure that the all of the students understand how important and how relevant the HVACR industry is to our way of life. And I would suggest telling the students from time to time that you're entering a very honorable and necessary industry. How what we do affects human comfort conditioning, food preservation, food processing, various manufacturing processes, transport refrigeration, the medical field, and let them know that it's a more than maybe just fixing residential air conditioning systems, so which I use the term human comfort conditioning because I, yes. I remember the utilities preferred to use that hmm. uh, when I talked with them. They said, Tom, you're not teaching residential air conditioning, you're talking human, human comfort conditioning because you're talking like about filtration, yeah. about purification, humidity control. It's not just heating, cooling. Conditioning. That's so right. I said, and I think we need to let the students remind them what an honorable profession they are entering and what a necessary prevention, uh, you know, profession it is to our way of life. Now, getting back to leadership for just a second, if I may. Sure. It's okay. Another thing you can do about being a leadership, if, if you're having a little difficulties in class, you don't, everybody doesn't need to even consider this all the time, but sometimes depending on, on the, the level of students you have, the type of students you have in the class, a written contract has been recommended for years. In other words, to maintain discipline, you say, okay, as your instructor, I guarantee I'll be here on time. I'll be prepared for class. I'll have engaging activities. I will return your test papers on time in a timely manner, et cetera, et cetera. As a student, your responsibility is to be here on time, to be prepared for class, et cetera, et cetera. And that way, if there's ever any type of a disciplinary problem, let's see who violated the contract. Exactly. It's a written proclamation. Because students have a share in this. We have a commitment to teach. They have to make a commitment to do all of the things that a student should do. Sometimes that basic contract is just a good reminder like, hey, I didn't even think of it that way. I'm just a student. I don't really have to do anything if I don't want to. Sure. A contract uh, could be helpful. 
Well, in that contract, would you feel it relevant to address professional development? Because it's one thing to be a good instructor, but what about being a good instructor that tries to stay up to date with changes in the industry to be able to provide a current and applicable curriculum? I couldn't agree with you more. And I'll say this, that obviously instructors need to take the time to keep informed about changes that affect the, the way we deliver in, in, uh, our material and technical improvements in the industry. I don't believe any instructor should be complacent about what they know. You have to stay current if you're truly going to give students the opportunities for the jobs that exist today. There's an overwhelming amount of information that escalates, in my opinion, the pace of research and discovery that instructors have to do. And that's Definitely. something we're going to have to take time to do. The one thing we want to avoid is teaching any outdated principles and technologies. We're not doing the contractors. We're not doing the industry. We're not doing the student a disservice because they're not going to be prepared for the world today. And there's a lot of opportunities out there for students through stu different students organizations, as well as there would be for instructors. There's webinars, there's conferences, there's trade shows, there's industry classes uh, and so forth that can help students and instructors appreciate the different types of learning dynamics and technical advancements that have been made. So it's just a matter of taking that energy and placing it in the right way. And I'll say this, I always follow that up, that little speech I just made with the students with, these are things and opportunities for you to take advantage of. And remember, the choices you make determine the life that you lead. So you, every day you make thousands of choices choices you make regarding education and studying and showing up for class on time and getting engaged in the suggested product are going to determine how successful you are. You're the one that controls your future, not me. Tom Tebby, such a uh, plethora of knowledge. We're blessed to have you with us and we thank you so much for your time today. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure to be here.